Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, you've reached the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. This is Liz. And Matt. We are going to break down last weekend's championship games and say goodbye to the Titans and Packers. I'm also going to tearfully say goodbye to Eli Manning. We also say hello to the next era of Giants assistant coaches, Jason Garrett and Freddie Kitchen. Oh, and hey, also, hello, Jay Gruden. Will he make Minshew Mania 2.0 happen? I don't know, but that's not all, because we're going to spend the second half of the pod giving our way too early QB ranks for 2020. Is there actually a case for Patrick Mahomes over Lamar Jackson next year? We'll discuss. You'll leave a message. Maybe you won't. Peace. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Loza. Matt's here. Or Matt Harmon, because Matt is a fairly common name. So let's be specific, Loza. My gosh. It's like 30 Matts in the fantasy biz as it is. My apologies. Nah, please. There's only one Matt Harmon, and we all know that. Well, thank God there's only one. We only need one. Not. I don't even know if one is needed. And then there's Brett. <laughs> and he's here too. Very unique. <laughs> Indeed. I am a snowflake. So, yeah, it's been a minute, Matt, if you want to talk about, my gosh, I was in Vegas, you did some traveling, uh, the 49ers kind of kicked the shit out of the Packers, that was a thing that happened. Kinda. <laughs> and um, also, uh, the Chiefs finally put an end to the uh, the fairy tale that the Titans were living. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, the, is it? Well, I is mean, it? I think they had run their course. I feel like we had kind of agreed that it's like, great, Titans, thanks for your time, but this is where you get off on the ride. And and the Chiefs are, I mean, this was the team that I thought would be in the Super Bowl to start this playoff season in terms of the AFC and the NFC. And, like, I mean, I'm just hyped as a lifelong 49ers fan that uh, my team is in the Super Bowl. How excited are you about that? I mean, I can't wait to hear you talk about it a bunch. I, I'll be honest with you. Like, I think it's probably one of the greatest achievements of my entire life. I would not argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love these two teams, though. Like, they're they're both so unique, but kind of the same in the way, like, that they're the first and second best, yeah. like, play callers in the NFL. I think we'll do a lot more talking on this game probably next week when we're actually in Miami. Miami. Let's though talk about the games briefly because I do want to talk about the Titans Chiefs game Um, you know going into it obviously Frank Clark did a lot of talking about stopping Derrick Henry I had tweeted is Derrick Henry going to give Frank Clark the Earl Thomas business because that had 
been part of the narrative the week before. The Chiefs did hold and their run defense, which is the theoretical, as we discussed, mm-hmm. um, weakness of their defense. Um, they held Derrick Henry to, I believe, uh, what, 69 yards. He averaged 3.6 yards per carry. So certainly slowed the bus. And I think as we both said on last week's podcast, if the Titans were going to win this game, then Ryan Tannehill needed to pass for over 100 yards. He did, but it wasn't enough. However, I think, and I'm I, I'm going to hear your opinion on this, um, that there were a lot of interesting pieces for the future that emerged, not just from this postseason run, but over the last like four to five weeks of the season plus the postseason. Yeah, I think the Titans are in a good spot. Theoretically, there's kind of an asterisk on that because obviously Henry and Tannehill are both free agents. Um, I, I'm going to assume they're not going to allow either to hit the market. Um, Tannehill will get paid. Henry is the one I think that has more question marks around. I, yeah, I think so. I, 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 my like gut would tell me that they can strike a short-term high-money deal with Tannehill and then franchise tag Derrick Henry and like take that year by year um, as opposed to because I just I don't think any team wants to give the Todd Gurley contract to a running back right now. I think they're going to try to do that. The question is whether Henry's people and Henry himself will, well, yeah. you know, fall into it, especially because he has been the focal point. Right. The story, although he Mostert may now become like whatever was new then is old now. Right. Right. So, right. I would hope that Henry Henry's people take a look at Melvin Gordon's experience. Not a fun one. And learn from that. Yeah. Uh, there's also a loophole in this since it's the last year of the CBA. Teams can assign two tags this year. They can mm. assign a franchise tag and a transition tag. Now, teams don't really like to give out the transition tag because you can match any deal. Or you, you're, you're basically just allowing the other team to negotiate for you. And then you can match any deal. But, like, say in a hypothetical world, some team does want to give – you know, Dave Gettleman wants to get a two two pronged backfield back there. You know, get maybe a the Chiefs just want to do that. Maybe I don't know. If some team wants to give Derrick Henry big money, then you're kind of stuck with a big money contract that you didn't negotiate. Either way, but still, that would temporarily retain the rights of both players. So that's worth noting. But still, I think that's going to be a tough one overall. But yeah, Titans come off a an improbable playoff run. I think they're set up with guys like Derrick Henry. They're set up with guys like A.J. Brown. Jonu Smith has really popped of late. I'm excited about him in the future, and they have a good offensive line. They also have Jack Conklin hitting free agency, too, who's a right tackle. So there's some questions to answer, but, I mean, you got to feel pretty good if you're Tennessee. Yeah, a lot of good stuff emerged for them. And then let's talk about the Packers. Let's talk about the losing teams because we're going to talk plenty about the winning teams. Um, I think when you looked at this matchup, though, you thought – well, I thought, first of all, that the the Packer, that Aaron Rodgers in the, I mean, the I believe the spread on this game was the 49ers were giving eight. And so I was going to take Green Bay in the points. That's pretty high. I thought Aaron Rodgers in the postseason, the magic that we've seen in previous years, would keep it close enough. I didn't think the Packers were going to win, but I didn't think they'd get blown out. Um, I did not see Raheem Mostert running for 200-plus yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, well, I mean, that was impossible to see coming. <laughs> right. Even though, as again, as we said throughout the season, we know that the Packers can be run on. Also interesting, Jimmy Garoppolo did not throw a single touchdown. He threw eight times. Right. That's, it's 2020. It's, he threw eight times and won a playoff game. And both of these teams kind of had the same weaknesses mm-hmm. and and similar advantages um Aaron Rodgers being 
different in terms of an yeah. advantage. But like, if we're going to talk about the negatives, kind of thin receiver core, Devontae Adams, obviously a stud and Emmanuel Sanders, very different player, but like at least a veteran presence who can move the chains and push things forward for Garoppolo. Debo Samuel's emerging, maybe one of Aaron Rodgers. Man, by the way, this just popped into my head. But Lord have mercy, did football Twitter want to tell me about uh, Conklin and not Conklin, um, Sternberger. Sternberger, yeah. My goodness, the the Sternberger takes were a fire. Hey, how about when we were all debating between you're either a Geronimo Allison person or an MVS person? Well, guess what? The answer was neither. The, the Lazard King. I mean, yeah, and like he's, he should be like your four, you know? Right. Like, what about Equinemius St. Brown? Oh, girl, hey, he got hurt. Pour okay? one out. He got okay. hurt. He got hurt. Don't so, you I mean, dare. huge, huge loss. Okay. Fix your mouth, Brett. How Sorry. dare you? It is too early in the year for that. Um, he coming back in 2020. <laughs> I, I ain't going to give up on that take. <laughs> Anyways, like, th- that's the thing, though. I would say that the 49ers pass catching core is like miles better than Green Bay's. And But you would have never believed it heading into the season. No, but right? like, you had a rookie. Debo a has come on so strong. Kendrick Bourne, pop, like Kendrick Bourne is. That was like week, uh, week 11 or 12. No, like week 12, week 13, he started. The born identity started doing things. He's got two touchdowns against the Saints, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but like, even during the regular season, he yeah. started to pop he as like their deep threat. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like he is their fourth option in the passing game, and maybe even the fifth if you want to include the, the running, running backs, backs yeah. right? For but like Kendrick Bourne and like Alan Lazard, different players, but like probably about the same. But that's the thing. Like Lazard is their two in Green Bay. Bourne is their four at best in San Francisco. And, like, that's the thing, though. I think the reality here with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers is, like, the Packers are not good enough to sustain Aaron Rodgers' off day. And he kind of had a little bit of an off day in this one. They were so – he's not the reason they lost, but – Or they aren't – I mean, I don't I don't know if I would agree with – the. I understand what you're saying. I would just shift a little bit and say that no matter what Aaron Rodgers can do, he doesn't have the receiver's – necessary to get it done yeah not even Aaron Rodgers can elevate the receiving core at the lack and the lack of depth at talent that they have so would you say that Aaron Rodgers I think fell off this year like maybe even last year I think I think he has taken a small step back has begun the twilight of his career but here like here's the thing though that's fine because we saw Peyton Manning very different physical specimen in the twilight not the not the dirt end of his career where he was dragged to a Super Bowl, but like those Broncos teams where he was super productive in the twilight of his career. But the difference here is again, Rogers is working with Adams and Nothing. dust. Yeah. Like, well, did we say that about Jimmy Graham, right? Yeah, like when your safety well, valve needs a safety he, valve, he's got yeah, problems. Exactly. And like Peyton in those Broncos years is working with Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker, Julius, Julius Thomas, Thomas, like a wide array. And at different points, like Wes Welker's in there. Uh, and at different points, Emmanuel Sanders is in there. Like mm-hmm. they kept that cupboard stocked. And I think Green Bay has to start to look at that sort of model. Like Rodgers, I think, is slipping. Not to a degree where he's done or anything but i think you need to start making his life much much easier like you can't have him bailing you out anymore you need to start making the offense easier you need on to him. find a Taysom hill you need to find a Taysom hill you, I mean, you, just, you need to do it you, you get a little creative with your play calling and I, I mean and it's probably also on i would say it's also probably a little bit on rogers too like needs to start to accept sure. that he can't be the hero on every other throw yeah i think that i think that's probably fair i also feel like the 49ers pass rush is a pretty 
formidable opponent. Yeah. I, I would, the only thing that I'm, I, so that's like my grand view takeaway from the Packers in this game. I mean, the, but the more cogent analysis is like, what the f are you doing on defense? Like running out like five defensive backs, like multiple nickel packages, everything like that. And you just got barreled over and you never figured out a way to stop it. Like that was, I mean, that was humiliating. It was surprising that that Mike Pettin didn't dare Jimmy Garoppolo to pass. Yeah. Right? Well, like, make him pass. Make him throw. Yeah. It was just almost like worrying he was going to start to pass. Like, And I think that's the thing with the 49ers and why I still like them, even though they're going against the unstoppable force that is Patrick Mahomes. Like, I actually really don't know how I feel about this game yet. But, like, I think the 49ers, obviously, they can beat you with the run game. But that play-action pass game is deadly and I think is very good especially with the weapons that they have accumulated there it all like flows together and complements itself very well so I think that's probably what the Packers were most worried about but it should have gotten to a point where like hey maybe just 10 minutes into the game you might want to do something else I mean Garoppolo well, and if you're building your offense on the fact that you have this future hall of fame quarterback then you shouldn't be afraid of Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. Right? Like you've lived with this your and this receiving core the entire season. This is what you're pinning your hopes on. This and Aaron Jones, right? So like you shouldn't be afraid of Jimmy Garoppolo out dueling Aaron Rodgers through the air. Right. Yeah. And I think that was I kept I kept I kept wanting Jimmy to throw it too. I kept yeah. wanting him to just there was no reason for him to. You were absolutely right. But I was just like, I wanna I wanna see it so I have an idea of next week too. So yeah. like from an analyst point of view, I like want to have more more film on Garoppolo in the postseason. Yeah, it's in so, terms of his passing. It's so hard to have like a real strong I mean, I believe in Garoppolo and I think he's a good quarterback, especially within the context of the easiest offense for a quarterback to operate in. Uh but at the same time, it, there's not like there's not a ton of data to pull right. on from when like he's toe to toe with another quarterback. I mean, the only one that really you can look at is like the Arizona game, the second one where they came behind and won in, in I think, well, I don't know if I don't think I can't remember where where it was, but either way, like the second game with Arizona went toe to toe with Kyler Murray and won that duel, came back from there. And then in the Saints game, that was a back and forth shootout mm -hmm. that he won on the road. That, that one was, I remember much more. That was huge. And also, same thing within the Rams game, the second one, there was a lot of like third and longs and, and great like throws he made to win that game, too. Uh, but that was that was a game where he started off rocky as well. So it's hard to say. Let's talk about the Giants. There's a lot going on in the Big Apple right now. They they have all the 2019 meme coaches uh, on one <laughs> staff. Well, I mean, so let's let's talk about first the additions to the Giants. Jason Garrett, offensive coordinator. Oh. Wow. I mean, clap it up. Clap. Uh, Last time we spoke, I think we were both like, nah, they won't. That's not. Gonna that's not happen. really going to happen, right? Like, he's just hanging out in East Rutherford because, like, He's seen, he's streamed you a bunch of times. Like, there's no. He's a Princeton, he's a Princeton guy, you know? <laughs> there was a thought towards the end of the season that he would be the head coach of the yeah. Giants. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, right. And then when he didn't get that job, I don't think anyone, there were, to their credit, people on Twitter tweeted me, like, listen, he's going to be the OC. And I was like, y'all, he's not going to take that he's job. He's like, hanging out there, all, like, he's not going to take PA, that job. Need a PA announcer or something like that. I'll do anything for you and guys. Secondly, I didn't think that. I didn't think the Gettleman would like pull the trigger on. It's amazing. It's the it's wild. It's happening. And also, <gasps> if that weren't enough, um Freddie Kitchen is Freddy joining Kitchens. the show. 
I will say that there are conflicting reports about Freddie yeah. Kitchens. He might not be joining it. He's it's just a rumor right now. Nothing is confirmed with yeah. Mr. Kitchens. And what in what capacity? It's just offensive like somehow assistant QB's coach. I mean, that you, would always, lo- you would love to have him work with a quarterback for that's sure. What I was imagining that we'd, he'd move to QB's coach. Um, he's a running. That's the funny thing though. He's a running back coach. I mean, he, all, all these guys move around, but like when he was promoted to be the offensive play caller and the offensive coordinator for the Browns in 2018, he was employed as the running back But that's a bigger, de- I mean, usually the demotion goes HC, OC, QB's coach, and then down the line. Yeah. There's not really the, de- the demotion from HC to Freaking running backs coach. Like, that's, that's shoots quite, and ladders, baby. Yeah, it's quite a ways down. Um, anyway, great, when shoots I look and ladders, at this, great callback. The, I'm a mom. When I look at this, I, the first thing I see or think of is Joe Judge and how, like, a lot of our own Charles Robinson and Therese Paylor were like, uh, first of all, we don't know much about this guy because he's been shrouded in Belichickian secrecy right mm-hmm. along with injury reports and schemes so like <laughs> i don't know anything about this guy also not the like nicest felt not i say not the most um approachable gentleman not particularly gregarious or warm reporting and is that he's difficult yeah That's- i believe i believe therese on a, a previous podcast the yahoo nfl podcast called him uh, a prick Ooh. Sure. or prickly maybe he just said prickly i mean I don't know. <laughs> Let's no, go he did first one. To, as, as someone who was there, I actually forgot the word that they they used. Yeah, don't misquote but, me. I don't want to get in trouble. No, but what they said is they they basically they had sorts that everyone was like, yeah, he's he's a bit difficult. He's got a personality which is code for he's a prick. Yeah, he's he got a personality. He didn't call him a prick. He okay, just said it. what was being said about him was code for prick. Please don't at Therese Paler. But yeah, subscribe oh, to his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've got Jason Garrett who has got to feel – who's got to be up in his feelings about this. Like there's – I mean maybe he feels good about going to the Giants because it's a division rival and yes. he's really going to show him. Oh, man. Two revenge games a year. For- Clap it up. Um, and then you've got Freddie Kitchens who's like, I'm – I, I don't know. I, I'm ready to see whatever T-shirt Freddie Kitchens decides to wear to yeah. the press conference. That'll be great. And then Joe Judge, who has never worked in this capacity at this level and was a special teams coach, essentially, um, wide receivers coach, but fine. This to me is going to be a person. I thought the Joe Judge hire was going to be a personality issue anyway. And when you add these other two figures who are rather of rather big brands if you will big brands is a good way to put it um now now we're here for it i mean washington might actually not come in last in the division That's yeah all right i, I mean <laughs> they've got ron rivera and they're taking the ping pong tables oh, out I like ron rivera. oh i like okay. ron rivera as a coach I, and i think he's a great I, th- I think he's a great culture hire for for washington i mean that was a stunner that they were able to make that happen and um, jack del rio has seen success as a dc before. the only thing yeah. that i'm a little worried about for the Rivera version of the Washington franchise is like they've just kind of run back the 2019 Panthers and uh, I don't know. But like with the coaching staff and everything like that. Yeah, I don't know about the, all that, but we'll see. Uh, Jason Garrett, though, like we haven't seen Jason Garrett as an offensive coordinator in like a decade because like he was the hottest offensive coordinator in the game, turned down a gig with the Ravens. Which is like, whoa, <laughs> back and then they settled for John Harbaugh and then he eventually obviously gets promoted and then eventually gives up play calling duties uh, several years into his uh, Cowboys tenure. Obviously, none of that worked out. But the thing I the only Didn't thing he take it back a little bit this year, though, I don't think so. I don't think he ever fully like 
I think maybe there were there were probably headlines. I think before this year, I think it was last year that he was like, "Oh, Jason Garrett might get back involved in the." Mm. Yeah, they, I mean, they kind of let Kellen Moore do his thing, but Jason Garrett to me just is so uninspiring because he's just one of these coaches that just is all about like execution. You know, like if it's if something's not going, I and mean, maybe he has some sort of re- career rebirth, and I'm sure that's what he's hoping for by staying in the game, not like taking a year off. Uh, and they doesn't have a paycheck coming his way. Like a lot of these coaches get fired. They can well, take, McCarthy, for example, yeah. had like a full, his, that his um sojourn, his gap year, if you will, yeah. was fully paid for. So. Yeah, I mean, Kitchens is going to be getting paid by the Browns for right. another couple of years. But yeah, since Jason Garrett's contract expiring, he's got to take a job to keep getting money. But also, like, I think he wanted to stay in the mix, you know, to maybe eventually get a, another head coaching job. But we'll see. I also feel bad for the players here. Can you imagine seeing they're like basically we got all the like laughing stock fires on our yeah. staff now? We thought maybe Saquon Barkley in one of those last moments when he kind of like pieced out at Pete, Pat Shermer was like hopeful and then dig deep, guys, because this is what you got. Yeah. Um. Cool. All right. So obviously in Giants news also, like if we're adding two things, we have to subtract one thing and that thing might well, be two things. If you think about it, two Lombardi trophies. I was thinking, um, you know, Liz's Evan Ingram story, two of the things that uh, made him, you know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm like flustered. <laughs> um, so Eli Manning, ah, I can't even do it. <laughs> uh, so Eli Manning is retiring. If you didn't say it, it wouldn't be real. It's okay. I'm, I can accept it. Everything ends. It's fine. It's time for him to go. Yeah. Now. Maybe he wants to, I don't know, move to California. It's not like Jersey is that great. There's wonderful weather here and like potentially like coach a little league team. Could get into media. No, I want him to coach like a specific little league oh, team. Oh, oh, this is a pitch. No, it's just just putting just it out a, there. Just manifesting yeah, in the universe. Manifesting, yeah, well. <laughs> um, I don't know if he'll go into broadcasting. He does not necessarily jump off the screen in that way. I mean, to me, he does because everything he does is precious and special. But I do think that like Eli Manning's, the history of Eli Manning is a little underrated. You know, he was kind of a laughingstock. A lot of people felt he should have retired sooner. We all saw the dead arm, etc. But he was a philanthropist. He did. I'm not starting the like Hall of Fame debate. I, I don't care. And my girlfriend who was at Ole Miss at the same time that he was there said he was really nice. And Marty Bennett has only said really funny, interesting things about Eli. Like, I'm going to tell the story. Marty told me last year on Mostly Football that, like, he was close to – Marty was close to, like, beating one of his um, incentives. Like, if he had yeah. one more catch, he was going to get a bonus ba- based on the incentives baked into his contract. And Eli passed the ball, and it wasn't at Marty. And Marty just kind of, like, shrugged it off. And Eli was like, what's up, Marty? Like, what's going on? And he was like, well, I need one more catch, and then I'll, you know, make this extra dough. And Eli was like, cool. All right, so we're calling it up. And he called it up, threw it straight to Marty, took care of him in the middle of the game. Like, that sort of stuff is, I think, the stuff that no one talks about with Eli because he's just not – he's just so much easier to be – he's so affable and Muppet-like that people want to, like, meme him, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, his face has been a meme for a decade, um, so that's where that comes in. Sure, Uh, I mean. uh, But, I mean, he does seem like a good dude. You know, he's slinging beers on the Giants bus, apparently, all the time. He's a giant prankster. That was apparently the deal at Ole Miss, too, my girlfriend said, um, that he would, like, put itch, like, but the exactly the kind of 
prankster you would imagine Eli Manning to do. Not not anything sinister, like kidnapping you in the middle of the night and throwing you in a van or like one of those weird like fraternity That's, sort of things. Yeah. But like itching powder in the receiver's shoes. Like the, I love the goo- it. goofball oh, stuff. God. Yeah. Like the cargo short dad stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, like, look, here's the deal. Like, I've been annoyed with Eli Manning for the last three, four years, especially because he's been just a bore to watch and the Giants franchise has been so like weirdly though here's it like here's the thing though I think in retro in like retrospect you can look at it and say like I understand like when you're talking about somebody from like a personal level and all that and like hey they're great like they're wonderful to be around like apparently Eli like knows everybody's name in the Giants facility like the damn janitors and all this sort of stuff like you kind of can get why these teams hold on too long because they just like the guy. Like, they really like him. He's a good ambassador for the team. So, well, from- he also never got hurt. He never yeah. missed a game because of durability. So, you can't say that, like, he broke down in such a way that he couldn't suit up or that he wasn't fighting through the pain or being an example. Yeah. I mean, that when I look at Aaron Rodgers, for example, and like the Tyler Dunn report, like, that's a stark contrast. And oh, yeah, no doubt. You know, they're I mean, similarly aged. You can, you can look around the league at different quarterbacks and it's like, yeah, the, the personality of Eli Manning, much. Much happier that that's here. But here's here's the deal. Like, I guess it's sort of the you either die here or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Like, let's fast, like, rewind all the way back to Eli Manning just crushing the Patriots. And like, come on, everybody loves that. Like, you can't tell the story of the NFL without Eli Manning. That's what Drew Brees tweeted. Yes. Drew Brees said that exact thing. I said it first, but that's fine, Drew. I'm sure you read the tweet. Uh, (laughs) Like, that the deal is like, he is part of NFL. Lore. Lore, yeah. I mean, he slayed the, the 18 and 0 dragon at the time. Like, and he went and then he went back at him again. Apparently, I, I saw a clip on Twitter where, like, Bill Belichick said that that Mario Manningham throw um, that that was yeah. huge at the time. Uh, you know, he's like, double this guy, double that guy, let Manningham beat us. And, and Eli made the throw through the dime. So, like, he, I think he, you could say he overstayed his welcome based purely on his play. I think that's 100% fair to say watching the games, but great career, great dude. Like, and here's the deal. Here's the thing about the Hall of Fame debate. It's not worth your oxygen because he's, he's getting, getting in, in, okay? Yes, like, that's, that's exactly the point I want just, to make. Is, it's the most, it, it is, is like, it has less odds than the damn X Wing blown up the Death Star, okay? Like, you've, you, this is, it's happening. Oh, look who's copying and pasting Star Wars refs now. What do you mean? I made the same rap last week. About what? About about Ryan Tannehill oh, being well, the yeah. little X-Wing that could have defeated the Death Star. I mean, if fine. you really want to f- compare notes, I also used the gif on Twitter right as it happened. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm not on Twitter <laughs> as much as you. That's just facts. And you're probably better off for it. Agreed. Uh, but if, yeah, seriously, though, I mean, it, it's going to happen. Don't bother arguing. Jay yeah. Gruden. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to talk about Jay Gruden. I had like a couple of things in my brain at the same time. I, oh, just to your point, it's going to happen not just because he beat the Patriots, but also because his last name in Man- is Manning. And for the same reason that everybody loved all these like Mike Shanahan takes after, you know, last Sunday's game because it's like nepotism is cute and it runs the NFL. Yeah. And, and it's just like he has career accomplishments that the voters love. All right. So Eli Manning's out. Lowe's is sad, but accepting and moving forward. And not with the Jags because um, they your boy in Flip OC has been news, gone. Flip, By the way, with your he's with your Bears now. Oh, but 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 as what? Ooh, I a don't QB's know. QB's coach. Ah, he is Mitch Trubisky's um, 
what what consigliere consigliere right hand man yeah sick in his ear um my thought though when the minute i heard that i'm not this is not exaggeration i read it on roto world and under my breath i whispered james because i'm just imagining that with flip in his ear if he listens to him can you imagine like he could be part of the 30 30 club like i know that flip's not the oc so maybe he's not going to put him in those positions etc but like Trubisky, his proclivity towards throwing picks is incredible. And knowing that Flip is going to be like, do it more, do it more, do it more. His ratio is going to be incredible. That was what I thought. Uh, Anyway, do you disagree with that? Oh, I just hope we don't see. Talk about not wanting to see Eli Manning anymore. I really hope we don't see Mitchell Trubisky for 16 games next season. Oh, he coming back. Like Flip is the the, like, you better heal this up. And save Ryan Pace's reputation. That got, is exactly why he's there. The laser on the staff. He's bringing Andy Dalton. Pew, pew. The connection. Oh, gross! No, come on, QB, QB duel. Andy Dalton. By the way, like Andy Dalton would run laps. Did you say around. anything meaner to me? But what you would like to happen? You would like to see Andy Dalton and Mitch Trubisky. And enti- you want to you want to survive me for an entire summer of this podcast watching that QB controversy, quote controversy. I thought I mean, you'll that, do it for the content. That was the best. That was my best case scenario oh, for gross. you. Get out of here. You'd rather you're fine. Then we could just let Trubisky waltz back into the starting I'm not spot here for it. But that's I've also accepted what's going to happen. It's a fair point. Ryan Pace is not is not going to. This may very well be Mitch Trubisky may very well be the hill Ryan Pace dies on. No, he will die. Indeed. But Jay Gruden is not dead. He has been resurrected from having been fired in October, and he is the new OC in Jacksonville. I kind of forgot Jay Gruden was out there. Well, apparently he was, like, itching for something to do and, quote, needing a desk to go to. Like, he was just like, I can't do this anymore. And can you imagine, like, Thanksgiving? I thought about the Gruden's Thanksgiving. Sure, John, tell me all about it. You're looking for places in Vegas. Sounds great. Great, great, great. (laughs) If I have to listen to my family one more day. Right. (laughs) Um, but I'm not back on that cot in a facility anytime now. <laughs> so I, I do think this makes a lot of sense. I love We've it. We've talked about Doug Marone and the kind of offense they want to run. And their question, I mean, Marone isn't committing to a quarterback right now. I hope it, I mean, we all hope it's Minshew, right? Sure, we sure do. I would love this offense for him. Uh, I put out a piece a couple of weeks ago about play action quarterbacks and Minshew's ranked third mm-hmm. on there. Uh, and, and and that's great, but it just the lack of play action use in DeFilippo's offense was like alarming. Only thirteen percent of his dropbacks that was dead last among qualified quarterbacks for the piece. Like I think that that using Minshew's mobility as an extension of the run game, using boot play action passes, I think would be really big for his style of and quarterback. figuring out to what capacity you want to use Leonard Fournette, who did remarkably stay healthy this year, though he had some nicks and bruises towards the end of your neck, neck injury, I believe, but also was more involved in the passing game because of yep, flip, yep. right? So, and Jay Gruden has certainly, has, has no compunction towards pissing off veteran running backs. Does not care, here for it. We know Fournette is a bit of a snowflake sometimes in terms of his feelings and sensitivity, so that will be, and I think uh, he has two more years left on his deal, 20 and 21, for net specifically, but they mm-hmm. might try to restructure or do something differently. All right, so let's move. That's all the news. Do you want anything else? Anything else to add, Matt? Okay. Got nothing else. So um, our esteemed colleague and fearless leader, Jason Klebaka, we call him Chewy, he is making us 
inspiring. That's a ch- let me change. They're not making us. He is inspiring us to continue sharpening and honing our, our fantasy acumen with weekly assignments in January. And, <laughs> so, so. and as you can see, we're all thrilled. So um, how about that top rookie like dream landing spot uh, assignment for next week? I had to like. Well, you know, the, the senior bowl. Is oh, oh, don't worry. That was going to be my next talking point. I want to know how much. See, well, you, you see, you're we're going to be on a plane, but you're one of you're you're <laughs> one of the contrarians. Most people would tell you, look, the, you know, the, the, the smart football guys, they'd all be like, look, here's the deal. You don't need to watch a game. You just need to go to the practices. You need to grind that practice tape. That's what it's all about. You, on the other hand, are a contrarian. <laughs> you say, watch the game. Hashtag watch the tape. Watch the game. And that's where you're going to find your next uh, star, uh I'm just going to tell you Liz about Gettleman. the two. Get out of here. <laughs> I'll take Elway first. Um, oh, gross. <laughs> sure. But let me tell. Like. Tell me what I tell. I'll tell you what Hunter Renfro was someone that I spotted out of the Senior Bowl and liked a lot. And he did. Terry stuff. McLaurin was the other guy. Yeah. Right. Those were two promising rookies. Your boy Daniel Jones. Kareem Hunt a couple of years ago was someone that I spotted out of. Out of I did not talk up Daniel Jones. Shut. Fix your mouth. That <laughs> did not happen. Drew Locke. Yes. I will own all the Drew Locke. Right. Sorry, I was getting you confused with Dave Gettleman again. My bad. Oh. I bashed him for the breadsticks. Let's get out of this. Anyway, we made our way too early top 10 ranks at every position. Um, We're going to dive into other positions on the pod after the Super Bowl, but we thought we'd kick things off right now with quarterbacks. And there's, I mean, the top four are exactly the same between both my list and Matt's list. Lamar Jackson, number one, Patrick Mahomes, number two, Deshaun Watson, number three, Russell Wilson, number four. Then things start to get a little bit mixed Interestingly, I looked at both Scott Pianowski, oh, I'm sorry, all three, Scott Pianowski, Dalton Del Don, and Andy Barron's, um, all of our lists, and none of them had Cam Newton on the list, but both you and I had him on our list, and we didn't discuss that at all. Highly aspirational pick from both of us. Well, yours, mine's a little more aspirational. I have him ranked sixth, just behind Kyler Murray. You have that him was at aggressive. eight. Yeah, that yep. was aggressive. Um, yeah, I think... I'll explain why, but you you tell me why first. Well, I mean, the, here's the deal: like, if Cam Newton is on the field for 16 games anywhere next year, he's gonna be a, a top 10 fantasy quarterback. He always is. Like, if he can still play, if the health is there, if the health is there, like, it's gonna happen. Because yep. like, even though obviously everyone knows he he wasn't even like a super dynamic rushing threat in the last time we saw him over a long stretch, like he wasn't the early rushing Cam Newton. He's going to run a little bit and like, he's going to run especially towards the goal line. So like, yeah, he'll be a great fantasy quarterback. And I think the offense in Carolina, if that's where he is, it looks, it looks great right now. Also, they've made a great, uh, higher in terms of the offensive coordinator, Joe Brady from LSU lore, and obviously from the new Orleans saints coaching staff before that. So this could be a really fun offense in Carolina. And if Cam is at the pivot point, like, that's he's he's going to be an awesome fantasy option. I used very similar logic. Um, I did not. I placed him sixth rather than eighth because I have Dak Prescott at eight. And despite the way that Dak Prescott played for the first half of the season, I am not willing to elevate him inside of my top six because I am still unsure as to what the team will do with Amari Cooper. And that to me is a big differentiating point. That is a super fair point. Like Dallas, much like. Uh, but to a greater degree, much like Tennessee, they've got 
an offensive star and their quarterback up. And I mean, there's no way. And Byron Jones. And Byron Jones. Like, so in that, that's their Jack Conklin in a way, but probably even a better player. So like Jones, I think is probably gone. I would imagine like, but Cooper is an interesting one because I think if he gets to the open market, they're going to have a tough time matching like a monster deal that some team like the damn Jets is going to throw at him. I don't think Amari Cooper is going to be on the Cowboys. And I don't think next year. And I also think if they wanted him to be, they would have used him differently down the stretch. I think so. The only thing that could maybe be different is like, hey, different coaching staff comes in and says, like, hey, I need this guy around. And like, you know, after their great sleepover, they just really want to listen to Mike McCarthy. Fair. I mean, popcorn and wine, that's what every sleepover needs. I'm guessing wine was not a part of it. A little bourbon, scotch, something like that. I don't know. Don't you see those guys being like, I got a bottle of stag's leap. Some, a full-bodied cabernet. Don't rich, rich guys love to just talk about that costs a lot of money. <laughs> and I have a feeling like Opus One I would think be it's among just that. Like, you know, Johnny Walker Blue, one of these stupid bottles of whiskey that costs like $300. I don't know. A Midsummer Night's Dram. I hear that's. I don't know what you're talking about. It's a it's a brown liquor. Ah. I don't know. It's like Drambuie. No, Is it's like it? Midsummer Night's Dream, but they call it Midsummer Night's Dram. Oh no, okay. It's like it's like one of those bourbon. Whiskey... I understand the Shakespeare part of it. Do you? <laughs> I do. You want to throw it down? Yeah. Should I? You want to have a little <laughs> a little much to do about nothing, friend? Oh yeah, I can get down. With, <laughs> I can get down with all the characters. Dogberry. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, enough about Jake's very Let's also we ended our list, both Matt and I, with Jameis Winston. Yeah. <laughs> Admittedly, the only player I didn't put on my list that you have on your list, and I waffled a lot about it, was Carson Wentz. I think he deserves to be there. I chose to include Matt Ryan as yeah. my ninth quarterback because guess what? He's the ninth. He's like the ninth best quarterback in fantasy every damn year. Well, two years ago he was like top. I think it was the most productive. It was three quarterback. years ago, yeah. But twenty sixteen, great year for everybody. I, I put him um, at the at the bottom of my list. Maybe Carson Wentz deserves to be there instead. Well, I just I, I went into this exercise like I'm not freaking putting Matt Ryan on my top ten because nobody should ever draft Matt Ryan. All right, that's just it's, he it's, always. I think this is a direct quote. He always gets draft in the seventh. Matt Harmon, and is always the ninth most productive. Yeah, Matt Harmon. Don't. So. What's the point? I mean, I just, I just used facts. What's the point? Go aim higher. I don't know, but like, what am I doing? And then I like, I see everyone else has got Jameis Winston on their list. I'm like, because <laughs> I'm the last one to turn this assignment in, which is always nice. So I'm like, okay, here's what everyone else did. Cool. I got you know Jameis. Like everybody else, fine. I guess. He his weapons. Makes sense. Is he going to be back in Tampa Bay? Or is Phillip Rivers going to be the Bucks quarterback? Oh, God. Well, you know, he moved to Florida, Liz. Oh, God. Um, I mean, I don't think Rivers is in the stage of his career where he can be like, I'm living in Florida, and I'm only playing for the Florida teams. It's also worth noting you moved to, like, the Panhandle, which is, you know. What is that? Is that the that, bottom? That No, that's, that's the, the top. That's the top. Where it's that's like where, where Georgia, that's like Georgia and, country, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's where Jacksonville is. Right, that's yeah, like yeah, Saturday it's deep, football fan. It's, it's deep south, like deep, deep, deep south. He'll fit in. The oh, he'll fit in. It's it's right next to Alabama. I have this vision of my head and him in in white and teal and him just doing the Jay Cutler season in Miami, but Philip Rivers. But like, no. is he is he even better than Ryan Fitzpatrick? No, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't know. It's I think just the vision that I had. It's it's not. 
It's not pretty. It's not based in fact. It's a weird. I, I guess we're going to talk like free agents at some point, but like it's, Have, a, yeah. it's a weird year for like free agent quarterbacks and like old River ones. old ones. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dak is a free agent too. Winston's a free agent, but like with Brady and Rivers, like my Breeze guess is technically comes back. Breeze said he wants to stay in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, my guess is Breeze that Jameis comes, comes back, and they they do a very like a short term moderate money deal. And you don't he think feels, they franchise tag him? I don't. I don't think it ma- like I, anything can happen, but no, I I think when you look at the weapons that he has, like, do you really want? There's an inventory issue. This is what Scott Pioli said, right? There's an inventory issue in terms of talent. So, like, are you going to find anything better than Jameis? I just feel like you. I just think like Jameis is the worst because you just know at any point he can completely throw you out of a game. And it's not even like he has a turnover problem. Like he might throw 15, 16 a year. <laughs> 30. 30. Yeah. <laughs> so. And he also and he also has no like def- and this people that still have the audacity to say, well, if he cuts down on the picks, have you not watched the guy since he was like his final year of college? He's always played this exact same way. And and, and for him to come out there and say at, at the oh. post game or postseason presser, if you look at my numbers, I'm balling like 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns. Come on, man. Confidence. Uh, I don't. I don't know that. I just. I don't know why I brought up Rivers, but we're here. Well, let's stop talking about trash quarterbacks like Jameis Winston, and let's talk about two that are completely changing and elevating the game. R one and two at the top of the list: Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Now, Matt, you admitted that you waffled because maybe Patrick Mahomes should go first. The thought crossed my mind as well. Except, I feel like this is the way things are going to go, right? And I this is where I get kind of mad about the Titans because I really wanted to see Lamar versus yeah, Mahomes, yeah, yeah. right? It's not going to happen. We got to move on. However, I do think that there is a world in which Lamar regresses. We saw it happen to Deshaun Watson. I mean, we saw it happen to Patrick Mahomes. We've also seen it happen to Deshaun Watson. But It happens to everybody. I also, the reason I think you would agree it happened to Mahomes, though, was because of injury. And so when you look at a player like Lamar and his playing style, which is far from risk-free, then the idea that he could be hurt and not as, quote, lucky this year or electric or elusive. I'm not taking anything away from his game, and he is number one on my list. But it is likely that he will regress. Mm-hmm. I think people are going to draft this way because you remember the last thing. Well, also, like, he might be just the best fantasy player that we've ever seen. Because of the rushing. Because of the rushing. But, but, but is he going to rush for a 1,000 yards Next year, I don't know. Is that will is he it, be able to? Will he want to focus more as his passing as as his ability to throw grows and and gets better? Like yeah, maybe he evolves yeah. as a player and doesn't lean so much on that. And if Patrick Mahomes is healthy, it's not like that dude doesn't have a rushing floor. I mean, we've seen like his. I tweeted this today. It was I remember watching the NFL playoffs, the divisional round last year with uh, Graham Barfield works for NFL dot com. We were watching the Colts. Chiefs game and he said to me he's like it's going to be disgusting when Patrick Mahomes like becomes even better when he figures out like sometimes he can just take what the de- takes what the defense gives him by like his rushing ability like he doesn't always have to rifle the ball down the field and you know because you see and he pointed at, at many plays you would point it out like he could like pick up seven yards there he could pick up eight yards there like just because he can move like that but he didn't choose to do it in the 2019 or in the you know the 2018 season but chose to do it in the 2019 season and especially in the postseason. So, yeah, that's the thing. That's the scary thing about Patrick Mahomes and why I thought that, like, putting him number one on the list might make sense because, like, he's just still barely, like, he's 
barely even a toddler in terms of NFL life. This is his second season as a starter. He's already going to play in the damn Super Bowl. I mean, he looks he looks like I said this. I was in Florida. I had so much time in Florida. I was in Florida last week visiting my mom and stepdad, and I said to one of uh, my stepdad's Boston friends, you know, that I said he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. Like, and he, of course, ultra triggered because you know Tom Brady is the best quarterback in the game. But my point is not like Mahomes is the best quarterback to ever play. He just that's the most impressive physical specimen at quarterback I've ever seen. So there is an argument that. Mahomes could outproduce Jackson, but I think we're we're both you, you can't deny know, yeah. the fantasy numbers yeah. when you're looking yeah. at Lamar. <sighs> Alas. Alas. But we will get hopefully a better look at Patrick Mahomes when we're in Miami next week. We will be recording from Radio Row. There's gonna be people walking by, potential guests, nobody I'm not committing to anything. There is nobody that no promises here. But me, you and Brett will be there. Yeah, we'll be there, and we'll be on the ground in Miami. A lot of fun video content coming out. Indeed. A lot of fun content coming out. I'm looking. What are you looking forward to most? Since we're, we're all about positivity here on the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast, what potential thing are you looking forward to most in Miami for the Super Bowl? Are you talking about, like, on the field stuff? Are you talking about— Oh, no, no. no. I'm oh. talking about <clears throat> just lead, the lead-up to it. Oh. Media night is always really fun. I've done one of those. I did the, the one in Minnesota— and I think, you know, there's there's I don't want to say I don't want to say anything in case a guest falls through. Oh, sure. The, the sure. Reason. I'm, okay. I'm being a little bit hesitant. Cause That's fair. What are you looking the most forward? To? I just am looking forward to like taking in the spectacle because you say this all the time, like as much as as much as there can be annoyances with this job and, you know, whatever, like it's still the greatest I don't know. It's the greatest job in the world. And like, you don't, I never thought I'd get to go to a Super Bowl. I've been covering, this is my first, this is my first time. So like, I'm just looking forward to taking in like the spectacle of all of it. Yeah. I think it's going to be fun. I think that, you know, our team's done a good job of getting some things in the pipeline. Um, And media night is always fun. And um, And I'm looking forward to watching the game back home. I've never been to my, well, I'm going to be at the game game. (laughs) You should tune into the Yahoo Sports pregame show um kimberly michelle and i will be doing one of those and we have special guests in line for that therese paler and charles robinson will be on the ground as well we are covering a bunch of the game from really fun angles um the week the spectacle as you perfectly said and it should be an awesome time and hopefully we'll talk to you then 